school lesson this morning, and I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. 2 Corinthians is where we're reading this morning in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 6. And just going to read one verse. You can just remain seated if you want to this morning while we read. We'll read just this one verse, try to preach to you what the Lord's laid on our hearts. I don't anticipate it being a long message this morning, but that's uh, that's subject to change. I want to be obedient to the Lord. I want to preach everything the Holy Ghost wants me to and not say anything that He doesn't. Amen. And uh, I want to cut all the fat, but I don't want to cut any of the lean. Amen. And uh, we are, we are. Uh, matter of fact, if you're saved this morning, you don't want me to cut any of the lean. Amen. I mean, as babes, we desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow thereby. And then when we have matured in the Lord, we need some meat to eat on. And you don't want me cutting any of the lean, just the fat. Amen. And uh, so I want to try to be absolutely obedient to the Lord this morning. Second Corinthians in chapter number 6 and in verse number 2 is where we are reading. Appreciate again, I meant to mention this a while ago, I appreciate those of you that were able to slip off up to White, Georgia this week. We had a good revival meeting up there. God blessed in the meeting at New Beginning Baptist Church and won't be thankful to the Lord and thankful to you for those of you that were able to come, those of you who prayed for us in the revival meeting this week. I'm grateful for that and thankful for that and uh, appreciate the Lord helping us these days. Second Corinthians chapter, I'd be fibbing to you if I didn't tell you that I'm tired. I mean, I, I'm, I'm tuckered and tired, but uh, the Lord has helped us and I'm grateful for that. And tired don't mean nothing when preaching time comes. Y'all know that. All tired means it's a little harder to get started. It don't mean it's harder to preach. So you just pray that the Lord would help us this morning. Second Corinthians chapter number 6 and in verse number 2, the word of the Lord says, For he saith, by the way, this whole verse is parenthetical. This whole verse is in a, uh, is a, is, uh, is in a parenthesis. That is, it is sort of a break between verse number 1 and verse number 3. And it is uh, quoting and uh, reminding us of some things we actually learned in the Old Testament. The Scripture says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, we actually used that, that word succored or secured, depending on how you weigh the tense of it that you use, that depends on how that you pronounce it. And it's not a word that we use very often anymore, but it is in that song we sang a while ago on page 361. We'll work till Jesus comes and then we'll be gathered home. And that it is in that song we lean for succor on his breast till he conducts us home. Now, what that word literally means is to give comfort. It means to give uh, help, it means to uh, uh, to uh, give healing and rest. And uh, he said, in the in the accepted time and in the day of salvation, that's when I gave you this rest. That is when I gave you this healing. That is when I gave you this rejuvenation, this refreshment, this jubilee, like I talked about in the Sunday school lesson this morning. And he said, in the latter part of verse number or in verse number two, he said it was in a time accepted. In the latter part of verse number 2, he said, Behold, now is the accepted time. When is the accepted time to get this uh, uh, this refreshment, this rejuvenation, this rest? When is the accepted time? This morning in our Sunday school lesson, we talked about it was the 50th year. That was the accepted time for the Jubilee. It was the, fifth, it was the seventh year. That was the accepted time for the uh, Sabbath year. But Jesus, my friend, becomes our Sabbath. He becomes our rest. He becomes our refreshment. He becomes our rejuvenation. And here in the New Testament unto us, unto the Jews, unto the Hebrews, unto those inheriting Canaan, he wrote about the seventh year and the fiftieth year. But unto us, he says, now is the accepted time. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I want to preach this morning on a real simple thought that I believe you can remember and take home with you this morning. Here's the message in one phrase. Right now is the right time. Right now is the right time. Right now is the right time. You see, Satan is a master deceiver. And his most deceptive work is done in making men to believe that they have plenty of time 
to do important things later on. He'll tell you just to wait. I wonder how many times the prodigal son out in my friend, his life of wantonness, his life of wicked living, thought about going back home. You know, this really doesn't fulfill me the way I thought it would. You know, I might all just go back home. Well, I still got a little money in my pocket and I'll just wait until later on. I'll wait until another time. Oh, but Satan has saved there's plenty of time. The natural tendency of our flesh is to procrastinate on things. But we don't have the promise that there will be other opportunities. Right now is the right time. Our text today reminds us that the right time is now. The truth is that yesterday is already gone. And tomorrow may never arrive. All you really have is now. But the good part about that is right now is the right time. All you've got is now. But now is all you need if you'll take action now. All you have is now. Now you can make a difference. But you have nothing else except for now. Right now is the right time. Right now is the accepted time. That is the time that is acceptable before God. It is now. And the time to move and the time to do business with Him is now. Let me give you three real simple things this morning. And that will all be done. And that's all the preaching that we need to do. First of all, I want to say now is the right time to be saved. Right now is the right time to be saved. You see, all things are prepared for you. You say, I'm going to get saved when I'm ready. You see, the Lord's got everything ready for you. And you don't have to get ready. The Lord's the one to do the getting ready. He's got everything prepared for you. You don't have to do anything. My friend, to cast yourself at the foot of the cross. Jesus came at the right time. In Galatians 4 and 4, 7, the fullness of time has come. I'll wait until tomorrow. No need to wait until tomorrow. The fullness of time's already here. When the fullness of time has come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made of the law, redeemed that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Have my friend Jesus came right on time. The gospel message was delivered at the right time by the apostles and given unto us. And that message is that by grace through faith are you saved and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works as any man should boast. Right now is the right time to accept the message of grace through faith. It is the right time to accept the message of salvation. Matter of fact, he told us in Hebrews 1 and 1, a God who at sundry times and in divers manners in times past spake unto us by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us by his own son. And he said in chapter 2 and verse 1, if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken unto us by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. And right now is the right time to be saved. All things are prepared for us. The gospel then continues to be proclaimed by believers around the world. And the Bible teaches us that this gospel, somebody said, I'm trying to figure it out. But the gospel contains all things that are necessary pertaining to life and godliness. That's what 2 Peter 1 and 3 says. You don't need to figure it out. You don't need to work it out. You don't need to work it up. You don't need to prepare it. All things are prepared. All you have to do this morning is by faith receive the Word of God and accept God's truth for your life. Right now is the right time. Everything's prepared. Not only that, friend, today may be the only day you have. Right now is the right time to be saved. And right now may be the only chance and the only opportunity you have. James chapter 4 and verse 13 says, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy our sale and get gain. Whereas you know not what will be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. A vapor not only is here today and gone tomorrow. But when it appears, you cannot trap it. You can't grab a hold of it. 
can grab hold to the rope. Get it in your hands. Grasp it. Hold on. Hover, my friend, in life. You're not holding on to a rope. You're grabbing hold to a vapor, to a... My friend, as it were, to steam coming off of a boiling pot. And when you reach out to grab a hold of steam, it slips through your fingers. And that's the way life is. After all of us, it's slipping through our fingertips. How was it this past week that your little fellow turned a year old? Isn't that right? This past week, a week before, something like that. Don't look at me like that. You're supposed to know, not me. That's so easy, but at times passing by. Hey, you turn around twice and it just slips through their fingers. I probably got the wrong baby and the wrong birthday. At the time, that's why it gives me that look. At the time, is a slipping by. I mean, seems like just yesterday. That seems like just yesterday. I looked at some pictures of the... Uh, yesterday, matter of fact, it was just yesterday. I looked at these pictures. I looked at these pictures yesterday and uh, in the picture, Gracie was sitting on one knee. And Caitlin was sitting on my other knee and Julia didn't even exist yet. And Gracie was four years old with a piece of rock candy in her hand. Had the Kayla with a grin big enough in her mouth. You could have put a coat hanger in there. I mean, she was just smiling from ear to ear. And we were riding on a wagon together. And it seemed like just yesterday those were the days. But now, here they are growing up on me, both of them teenagers. And Grace, they're 19, and time has a way of slipping away. You can't reach out there and grab it and stop it. You can't put the brake on. You cannot, my friend, hold where you are. And now is all that you have. Right now is the right time to be saved. Oh, God, help us. Psalm 103 and verse 15 said, As for man, his days are grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. And my friend, right now is the right time to be saved. Are prepared, and it may be the only chance you ever get. Amen. Amen. I had a man call me yesterday, same fellow I told about on Easter Sunday morning. My friend came into my office, told me his testimony, how he came to know the Lord. He's in his mid-sixties now. And he told me, he said, Brother Toby, he said, I just got saved about a year ago. He said, but I want to tell you how gracious the Lord is. He said, God dealt with my heart when I was a young man, just a teenage boy. Strapping and strong and athletic, played pool ball. And, I mean, a big old strong, tough man. Burly man and always has been that way able to take the whole world it seemed like on his shoulders hard working man respectable person in the community but he said the Lord dealt with my heart when I was just a young man just a late teenage years and he said God never dealt with my heart again until I was a year ago when the Lord saved me in my mid 60s and he said I'm so thankful that God's a God of grace he gave me another opportunity to be saved and he said that's so gracious to the Lord and I agree with him but hear me what a sad thing it'd be this morning to let your opportunity pass by when you have right now and you may not have that chance ever again and you may not have that chance again for years how many times could that man have ended up off in hell between the teenage years and between the time that God dealt with his heart again you better get saved while you know you can and not when you think you will right now is the right time to be saved this morning I want to say secondly today right now is the right time to leave sin behind right now is the right time to leave sin I'm talking about saying goodbye to this old world goodbye to sin farewell to your way of living farewell to the things the devil has to offer I'm talking about leaving, leaving the dainties of the devil in the rear view mirror and moving on to serve God in the beauty of holiness. Amen. Romans chapter 13 verse 11 says, And that knowing the time, that it is now, it is high time to awake out of our sleep, and for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Now he's writing this to save people. He said there was a time when you took advantage of the time, the right time to be saved. But now, our 
our salvation, of the redemption of our souls, the last days, if you will, the finishing of this thing, he said, is the author and the finish of our faith. The finishing of our faith is nearer than when we first believed. Amen. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And it's time to throw away sin and to move on to living right for Jesus. And let us walk honestly as in the day and not rioting and drunkenness and not in chambering and wantonness and not in strife and envying but put ye on the Lord Jesus and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And now, right now is the right time to leave sin. If you're saved by the grace of God this morning, then right now is the time to wake up out of your moral slumber. He said it's high time to awake out of sleep. There is an ever-present danger of falsehood. Societal influences are entering the church. And they have altered the way we do business. And vigilance against the enemy's tactics. That must be the order of the day. The right time to wake up from moral slumber is right now. Right now is the time to wake up and realize the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Right now is the time to wake up and realize we can't do like everybody else and do right at the same time. Right now is the right time to wake up and realize that the average church is in the biggest mess you've ever seen in your life. I mean, friend, it ain't listen. We used to have squabbles about things that were relatively minor. And the preachers would say major on the majors and don't major on the minors. And I even agree with some of that to a great degree. But we're living in a day, friend, where it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for churches to exist where they never even have a Bible of any kind. And not even a, a mistranslated Bible. No kind of Bible. And churches are so-called churches. I mean, if you wanted to see me after service, I can show you some people who are acquaintances of mine through business who post their church services my friend on their social media accounts and all they do is have dances on Sunday and I'm talking to my friend to wild and some music the likes of which I wouldn't listen to and an automobile let alone in a church house that made me want to vomit just hearing what they say amen and my friend and they think it's wonderful that when the meeting is done the folks are still dancing and still hanging out it looks more like a club than it does a church my friend I'm telling you this whole world we're living in even the religious world is in a mess and the things that we're seeing today are things I would never dream I would have ever even existed my friend they may have existed in some remote corner somewhere in the United States 40 years ago but if they did most none of us knew anything about it amen and that stuff is mainstream now it blow your mind some of the things I see in the Baptist churches where I preach. I'm talking about churches where they call me and preach for revival. It blow your mind the things that I see. Everything from drama teams, interpretive dance. I mean all sorts of stuff. Things that would absolutely blow your mind. Why in the world they want me to come preach? I don't know. I showed up at a church about two or three years ago on a Sunday night. I agreed to go and so forth. And I'd never been there before in my life. I didn't know the pastor didn't know the people. That always scares me. I showed up on that meeting to preach that night. When I got there that evening, though, I knew what I was supposed to preach on. And I was worried about it. I didn't know anything about them, but I was worried about what I was supposed to preach on. Because I knew what God put on my heart to preach on. And my friend, usually I try, if the Lord let me for my first time going into church, how to preach nice and try to take five or ten minutes to crank up. I sort of putting like putting the frog in the warm water and then turning up the heat, you know. So they don't get scared to death right off. But the Lord had already told me, Brother Charles, what to preach on. On the way there, I called Brother Pace and I told him, How the Lord's put this on my heart. This is what I got to preach on. I need you to pray for me. I don't know where I'm going, how well it'll be accepted, not accepted. But I know what the Lord told me to preach on. He told me, Brother Toby, if you knew how many times that happened to me, it'd scare you to death. I'd just go in there and be obedient to God, be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I'd be humble and preach what God's put on your heart. And God will help you and He'll take care of you. And He did. But that night when I got there, 
Would you believe everything I was going to preach on, they did it before I got up to preach? I mean, every single bit of it, they did it. I mean, friend, it was awful. It was shameful. I thought to myself, should I just go ahead and leave now or not? Help the Lord if I could have talked Him into it. I would have been left before the preaching time come. But I got up and just preached what the Lord laid on my heart. And folks sat there and looked like they had PTSD. While I was preaching, amen. And when I went back to the back door to shake hands, and folks come by the door and they absolutely look shell-shocked. And folks come by and this is what they said to me, not one. I don't know if they talked to each other out the door or what. But five or six different people came by the door and this is what they said, Brother Bob. They said, we don't know if we believe what you preach tonight or not. But we do know this. You believe it. Amen. That's what they said to me. We don't know if we believe what you preached or not. But we do know that you believe it. Oh, God, help us in this generation that does not know what we believe. against today that nobody had to say anything about in the church I grew up in. Everybody in the community already knew it was wrong. Everybody in town already knew it was wrong. We didn't have an epidemic when I was growing up. Our boys and my friend having boys friends and girls having girlfriends. We didn't have to preach against it because there wasn't anybody doing it. And then now it's high time we wake up and preach against the moral slumber seeing people and men with earrings and all in their ears. And if you wore an earring, if you was a man wore an earring, it identified you with the wrong crowd. Amen. That's exactly right. But now, we've just got to a place where anything goes. Anything will do. And by the way, I want to say something here while folks may or may not like it. And if you like it, if you don't like it, we're going to well. It may blow your page up. I don't know. And if it does, I want to put on the record, I love everybody. And I want everybody to come to church. And nobody in this building has ever seen me in 20 some odd years. I'd go to anybody that came to this church that was not adorned properly or dressed right or had some sort of marking on them or some man loaded up with earrings in his ears and such. And ask them to leave or ask them to straighten up and Never, ever, ever have I ever, nor will I ever. But I'm also not going to stop preaching. Amen. That's exactly right. And may I go on the record of saying I still am opposed to men wearing women's jewelry. Amen. God have mercy on our souls. It's time to wake up from moral slumber. It's time to throw off all sin. He said we are to cast off all the works of darkness. There's removing a filthy set of clothes. He'll put on a clean set. It's not difficult to soil your testimony. My friend, anything that would hinder you in your walk with God or that would hinder you in your testimony with others, right now is the right time to set it aside. I can make those choices for you. But I'll tell you, I can preach to you and remind you that it is time to throw off your sin. The Bible said, listen now, it'd be real easy for me to start naming sin, some of which lots of us would say, amen, preacher, that's right, shake that butch right there. My friend, even get interested in it, maybe even enjoy it. You know why we're preaching on stuff ain't none of us does? But then if we start preaching on what we do, it's a lot harder to receive. And since I don't have the whole world in here this morning, I'm going to preach on what we do. Amen. I'm preach on your sin and my sin. That's exactly right. Your mama's sin and your family's sin because that's what we need to put aside. And the Bible said we ought to put off all anger and malice and bad language in Colossians 3 and 8. If you got a problem with your temper, if you hate people, if my friend you talk ugly, you need to put those things aside. 
That's exactly right. God, help us. This time right now is the right time to put away all sin. Amen. There are people that know how to look right at right. My friend can put on a front for you. They know how to sing all the songs in the hymn book. But they got major anger issues. Amen. I dealt with a man at the church this week. And he said, oh, said, I'm not going to that church over there no more. I used to go there. Of course, now before that I went so-and-so. Before that I went so-and-so. Before that I went so-and-so. He said, you know, but some of these preachers is just hard to get along with. I thought to myself, them preachers are still there and you're not. So I'm wondering who it is that's hard to get along with. Amen. And not only that, I knew every one of them preachers and ain't none of them hard to get along with. Amen. He said, oh, he said, I wish we lived closer to your church. He said, we really would love going there. And I thought for a little while you might. But sooner or later you'd figure out that I'm not always easy to get along with either. Amen. Now God, help us. I to put aside all anger and malice and bad language. Amen. I'm not talking about just cussing. I'm talking about talking about others. I'm gossip. I'm talking about running down your brothers. But you say everything that I tell is true. I don't care if it's true. You ought to keep it to yourself. My friend Brother Sammy says either tell Jesus about it. Don't say nothing about it and study to be quiet. Or go to the person you have a problem with and try to get it right. Amen. And if you can't go to them in the right spirit, then don't go to them at all. Amen. That's exactly right. God help us. How to put aside that bad language. How filthy conversation as it said in Colossians 3 and 8. May the Lord help us. How we are to put off all of our sin. How we are to put off deceit, hypocrisy, and evil speaking. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 1. Deceit, hypocrisy, and evil speaking. How we are to put off all filthiness and overflowing of wickedness. How called superfluity of naughtiness. In James chapter 1 and verse 21. How by the way, I'm not afraid for you to check me out this morning. I follow these verses and find out if I'm telling you the truth. How we are to put off all that pertains to the old man or carnal nature. In Ephesians 4 and 22. If you're still living like you did before you met Jesus, then your salvation experience is lacking in a scriptural foundation. If you're saved by the grace of God, you may not be everything you ought to be. You will not be everything you want to be. But you will not be what you used to be. Amen. That makes a difference in your life. And we are to put off everything that pertains to the old man or its carnal nature. Right now is the right time to leave sin. Right now is the right time. Waking up from mortal slumber, throwing off all sin. It's the time for us then to walk in the light as He is in the light. We are to put on, the Bible said in our verses, we read a moment ago on this second point, we are to put on the armor of light. We are to wear this light. And then Jesus said, and let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Walk honestly as in the day. This daytime walk and walking daily is the outward evidence of our conversation and our spiritual progress. Amen. And I'm grateful that the Lord will give us light to walk in. And right now is the right time to walk on it. It's the right time to wake out of that moral slumber, throw off your sin, walk in the life. And it is the right time to put on Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And put you on the Lord Jesus. And make no provision for the flesh. And now is the right time to to leave sin. Right now is the right time to be saved. I want to say thirdly this morning, I'm finishing up. Right now is the right time to serve God. Ephesians chapter number 5 verse 15 said, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Our opportunities to serve God, to do something that really matters, for heaven's sake, to make a difference for Christ, are very limited. And right now is the right time to do something.
for God. Right now is the right time to serve the Lord in the place where He has set aside for you to serve. Right now is all of God. Amen. This sermon may be the last one I ever preach. And if it is, I want to say to the Lord, I gave gave you my best. Today may be the last Sunday we ever have. Amen. That's exactly right. This altar call may be your last. Today may be the end. Right now is the right time for you to serve God and do something for Him. And if you don't do it right now, you may not get to do it ever. Amen. If you don't do it right now, you may never get to. Y'all ever heard the phrase, it's now or never? And there comes a time in every person's life, whether you're a lost person who needs to be saved, or if you're a saved person who needs to get something right, or if you're a person who needs to deal with God in terms of serving Him, when it is now or never. When it comes to worshiping God, there comes a time when it's now or never. Any of you, maybe, that's been saved in any time at all, especially if you've been around any sort of worship, you'll relate to what I'm about to say. Sit in the church service and the Holy Ghost is turned on your heart. You know you ought to testify. You know you ought to do something for the Lord. You know you ought to raise your hand. You know you ought to say amen to the preacher. You know that God has specifically put it on your heart to do something in that service. And you may be the one that holds the key to touching somebody's heart somewhere in the meeting. And yet you sit and say, Lord, let's just wait on that. I'll testify tonight. I'll, I'll talk about you next week. I'll, I'll wave my hand at next Sunday. Why, they're going to have revival meetings starting tonight. And throughout the weekend. And that'll be a good time for me to raise my hand and say hallelujah. And you're negotiating with God when's the right time for you to worship the Lord. But I'm going to tell you, it may well be now or never. It may well be that today is a day or not at all. Sister Nell Dixon is now way on up in years. Right on up about 86 or so. And Alzheimer's has stolen from her a lot of her mind and her
No need to wait till tomorrow because right now is all you got. I'm finishing preaching right here. If you come get me a song, I'm going to be done. I told you I wouldn't preach that long. Right now is the right time to give an altar call. Right now. If you are lost this morning, you may not have tonight. Somebody said, I sure am excited to see here what Brother Ryan's got to preach to us sometimes, too. But we may not ever get to hear anything. Excited about the revival meeting. Excited about the Arbor meeting. Looking forward to camp meeting. All those things. I'd say amen to all of that. I say, but we may never get there. Right now is the right time to do business with the Lord. Amen. Back years ago, I shared this the other night in the revival meeting. Back years ago, back in the 70s, my friend Satan says, you have plenty of time, but you're not guaranteed that. You're, going to have, you're not guaranteed another day. Back in the 70s, there was a song about that. A very sobering song it was written. I dare not try to sing after preaching all that I preached this week and so forth. But I want to tell you what this song had to say and some of you might even remember having heard it. I got up on Sunday morning and went to church at 10. I listened to the words I heard time and time again. The preacher spoke of simple lives. It seems he spoke of mine. But I was young and I had plenty of time. I walked down life's pathway living as I wished to live. How to beat the other fellow. How to get what life could give. Making money isn't sinful. Having fun is not a crime. So I'll just wait. I've got plenty of time. Plenty of time to decide where I'm bound. To eternal darkness or to heaven's crown. I'm just a young man. Not yet in my prime. So I'll just wait. I have plenty of time. Before I knew what happened, life scenes had passed away. And millions stood before God's throne. For it was judgment day. Now eternal darkness beckons and the name it calls is mine. But I thought I had plenty of time. Eternity waits. I've got plenty of time to think of all the days that Christ could have been mine. Now my chances are over. First days are left behind. Here I am in hell. I've had plenty of time. Now in eternity I've got nothing but time. There will come a time when you'll have plenty of time. But that time won't be the right time. And it will be too late to do anything about where you stand with the Lord. Amen. If you need to get anything right with God at all this morning, right now is the right time. I wouldn't wait until a verse is finished. I wouldn't wait until she starts a song. I wouldn't wait until we sang three stanzas. I'd just do business with God. If anything that you need to address, everybody stand if you would please. If you need to pray right now is the right time. I preach to you what the Lord's put on my heart. Now it's up to you whether you'll respond. Don't wait another second. Right now is the right time. If you need to pray, would you come? Please be obedient to the Lord. Be super sensitive to what God wants you to do in this meeting. Super sensitive to what the Lord wants you to do in this service. Right now is the right time. God have mercy on our souls. Right now is the right time.
God. You look well outwardly, other folks look like they would think highly of you. Everybody thinks you've got it all together, but down in your hearts you know what you need to do with God. Today is the day to cast off those works of darkness and to put on the works of light. Mom and Dad, right now is the time to work with your children and teach them right. Right now is the time to serve God. Right now is the time to love the Lord. Right now is the time to witness the sinners. Right now is the time to worship the Lord. Right now is the time to learn how to pray. To try to ring the prayer bells of heaven for somebody's soul. Right now is the time to love others. opportunity again. Somebody in the building may well need to get right with somebody else in the building. We not only need to have a right relationship with God, we need to have a right relationship with one another. I'm so thankful, I mean to the heaven, to the God of heaven, I'm so thankful that I don't have malice in my heart against anybody in the whole world as far as I know. I'm so grateful for that. That is not in my nature. It's not in my nature at all. It's in my nature to just want to take people and twist their head off and put it in their back pocket. I mean, it's in my nature to just get upset about stuff and to hold grudges and get mad. But as far as I know, Brother John, there's not a person on planet Earth that I've got ill will towards. And I'm so thankful to God for that. That's the mercies of the Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now I'm going to tell you, if you do, and that person's here right now is the right time to get it right. Hey, some of you ain't got malice against nobody. You just need to tell somebody that you love them. And right now is the right time to do it. You ought to find somebody and hug the neck tell them about it. Some of you has got folks here in this building that's lost, that needs to be saved. Right now will be the right time just to go to them, not to drag them to the altar, just to tell them I love you, and I'm praying for you, and if you ever need me, I'm here, and we'll talk to the Lord together. Right now will be the right time. Some of you today, there's somebody in the church been a blessing to you. Right now will be the right time to go to them and tell them. Some of you are like me. You're happy to see somebody here visiting this morning that maybe you've invited or talked to this week and you're excited about that. You're pleased to see them here. And right now would be the right time to shake their hand and let them know that that's exactly the case. I don't know what everybody needs to do, but I know right now is the time to do it. That much to do, no, and I'll leave it up to you how you handle it from there. She's going to sing another verse. Maybe right now will be the time for you to go to somebody and say, I need to pray. I need to get some things right with God and I need you to go pray with me. Right now would be the right time. Just whatever you need to do, you'll be obedient. Sing another verse of that song for us if you would. You do business with God. Whatever you need to do, get things right with one another. Whatever you need to do, tell somebody you love them. Just be obedient to the Lord as you sing. Right now would be the right time.
right time. Tonight at 7 o'clock, we're going to have church over at Mount Zion East. Need you to go with us. Listen this morning. Don't get in a hurry. As long as you need to stay, if you need to pray, if you need to do anything this morning, I want you to be real sensitive and obedient to the Lord. And then when you finish, you can go home and be 
have a jubilee this afternoon and a rest and a respite or a uh, refreshment before we come back to church tonight. It's so important. We don't have time not to do this. We're all in such a hurry to do something. We figure we put these things off to later on. I do believe, Brother John, that they would have thought we'll have a year of Jubilee later. We just can't do it now. We'll have a, we'll have a, uh, a Sabbath later. We just can't do it now. We better do it right now. While we can. While we can. While we can. While we can. Better do it now. I love everybody. I love everybody. I'm glad I'm on my way to heaven and I love everybody. And I want everybody to know I love you. I want everybody to know that I love you. And if you love me, I love you. And if you don't, I still love you. And if you don't even like me, I still love you. And if you're mad this morning, I love you. And I'd like for you to come by and just tell me and I'll hug your neck if you're mad. And if that makes you madder, I'll hug you again. I mean, I love you and I'm glad you're here. I appreciate you being here. And uh, so this morning, I, I don't...